Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back, and we are on day two, point number eight, and we are sharing with you guys the 23 ways, well, it's probably going to end up being more like 30, but we're going to title it, 23 ways to find listings in 2023, and so this is going to be something a lot of you are going to refer back to. We gave you a lot of great ideas uh, how to use this information, and uh, make sure you listen to part number one yesterday. Part number one was probably giving you, the, frankly, the easiest places to find mm-hmm. homes for sale other than your MLS. So make sure you go back and listen to part number one from yesterday. In the meantime, Julie, let's jump right back on point number eight. Point number eight. Again, we're talking about how to find off-market listings for your buyers, but also as a lovely byproduct, how to find more listings for you. Either one works. So point number eight, find the notice of defaults, again, known as NODs. Search the zip codes that your buyers are looking for for NODs and see if the homes fit your buyer's criteria. These are not usually listed, but they are usually motivated. Notice the default is where, um, again, not going to be, well, I have to say, even in the hottest markets where there's no inventory, there's always notice defaults for different reasons. Um, and I know it sounds bizarre, but there, a notice default is where someone stops making their mortgage payment. In most days, a notice default is something that's uh, issued legally on the time, by the time they've missed their third payment. Again, not a big bunch of notice defaults, not a huge opportunity, but it's something that everyone's going to overlook. So make sure you're not one of those people. Julie, what did you find out uh, the latest information, the total amount of distressed real estate in the United States? All time low, less than 1%. Okay? Right. Now, but to your point, I think it's a good thing that there's not droves of them, obviously for economic reasons, but also because if there's 10 of them, it's pretty easy to talk to all 10 of them versus having some avalanche of, oh my gosh, there's 100, how am I ever going to get through this? And then you watch it daily or weekly. They're easy to find and you find out what their situation is. So maybe it's not a match for your buyer, but maybe they do absolutely have to sell. Well, sometimes it's not a notice default from not having make their payment. Sometimes it could be a notice to sell from not having make a you know a tax payment or property taxes. Yes, that's right. Be creative when you're looking for homes for sale, guys. It's going to be – some of you are going to discover little niches. I'll never forget. I had a great coaching client in uh, Utah. I don't remember where. But his name was Braden. And what Braden did, and, and this, this particular market was a very, very hot market. Well, he did something that nobody else was doing. He actually worked the, uh, the unpaid property tax uh, register. Yeah. And he also he would call the – there was public records, and he could find out who was not making their property taxes. And he would call them. And a lot of times there were people that – um, you know, there are rental properties, properties that somehow, Julie said yesterday, they're sort of reluctant landlords. Maybe they're out-of-state owners. They just weren't, they were out of connection with the house. They didn't really care. Well, he took a ton of listings from that. And the other thing he did is he actually chased some of the notice of defaults. There weren't that many, but there were enough that he was able to sell 50, 60 houses a year and nobody knew where he was getting his inventory. And of course, he didn't tell anybody. Which is pretty <laughs> awesome, right? Yeah. So, you know, as a side note, you mentioned something. There aren't that many, but he went after them. This is something that that we always drive home in coaching because you guys like to say that, well, there's not that many expireds today. There's not that many NODs. Well, the average commission in the country is 10 grand right now. 
How many of them do you need to be happy? Stop looking for excuses to not do what we suggest you do. Start looking for, uh, you know, reasons why you are still doing the things that you already know don't work. Like, why are you still doing all these passive lead generation things when we have just told you where you can go, where you probably will not experience any competition and you'll experience very, you know, motivated sellers to take listings. Isn't that what you're all about? Of course, it is point number nine. Yes, and by the way, all points one through eight, and going forward have so far cost you nothing. So there's there's that. Okay, (laughs) point number nine, mine your own database. That's your past clients and people in your center of influence as shadow inventory. Who owns a home currently that may be a match for your qualified and motivated buyers? This creates two to three transactions for you and nobody knows about it and nobody's going to be competing for that business. Well, so the easiest thing to do is to call all of your past clients. Now, if you're not a new agent, you can still call all of your centers of influence and you can let them know what their house is worth. Which is point number 10. Yes, kind of related points. All right, so point number 10, call 100% of your database, not just people who you like them or like their house, to see who is curious about what their home is now worth in today's market. Remember, over the past four years, the average home appreciation is 48%. Does everybody know that? Probably not. (laughs) If they knew their home was now worth X, what would that do to their plans? You might be surprised. There are a lot of people that if they knew how much money they were going to walk away with, because most people, whether you realize this or not, do not think uh, like you do with regards to uh, money, frankly. They're not thinking, their homes are just the places they live. But if, you know, they're going to sell it, maybe when, you know, Sally graduates from high school in three years, they're going to put the house for sale. But if you call them today, and if you're in Austin, for example, and you say, well, guess what? Your house is worth $1 million more than you paid for it three years ago. They're probably going to be willing to figure out something to take that million dollars off the table because maybe that's going to be a significant life-changing amount of money for them to the point where they're willing to inconvenience Sally to where Sally might have to live in a smaller home or they're going to rent while she finishes out her high school years. You guys get the point? So do not prejudge the motivation of your prospective folks when a lot of people uh, looking down uh, the barrel of a large uh, proceeds check, they often will behave differently. Yeah, and you know when the best time to do that is? Right before property taxes due. Yeah. Because you have a copy of that sitting on your desk. You're going, holy cow, how can that be? So you're, you're having these thoughts, and then your friendly real estate agent calls to offer how much your home is worth, and it's at least food for thought, isn't it? And on my coaching calls, I'm hearing a whole lot of uh, downsizing, baby boomers, retired, semi-retired, kids are finally out of high school or college. They are cashing out and then paying cash for something that's really nice that's just in the lower price range. Pretty much the whole entire country is going to be wanting to move in some you know, foreseeable future. Everyone wants to move. Everyone's thinking about moving, moving up, moving down. And a large amount of money now might forward those plans. You don't know until you make the calls. Exactly. So make the calls. Point number 11, search your neighborhoods for what we call half-done flips. The cost of building materials and labor has increased dramatically, so which flippers are feeling the pinch? Certain buyers may be willing to purchase the home and finish it themselves, or at least get in contract pending the finish of the project. That's a big deal, because a lot of these flippers were late to market. Mm -hmm. A lot of the flippers were not financially well-heeled. True. A lot of the flippers were using hard money, Mm -hmm. and these are all a bunch of words that some of you don't know, but let me just give you the punchline. They can't afford to finish the flip. They are essentially at the end of their ropes. They have no money. The money that they're buying is or they're borrowing was at a ridiculous interest rate, and now they would love to do nothing, but then to flip out of the flip. You know what they do have, though? 
motivation. Yeah, well, that's right. We like they have that. motivation. Well, okay, so that actually brings up another point, which is a sub-point to this one. Go to the hard money lenders. Again, this is yeah, going to be in the weeds, and some of you are going to have to dig around for those. But when you're uh, to the points we made yesterday, when you're talking to some of these investor types, wholesaler types, you're going to discover, you're going to say, well, who's the, who are the hard money lenders? Hard money lender is just basically somebody you can go and borrow money from, usually to do you know, a flip in this case, for a very short period of time. The hard money lender is usually going to want to, I mean, they're buying the house with their money and you're signing, you're doing a very short term loan on it. Maybe it's the whole amount. Maybe it's part of the amount. They're going to generally ask for um, a collateral, which is going to be the house itself. So they're mitigating their potential downside. I wonder how many hard money lenders there are in your marketplace right now who are essentially stuck with properties they'd rather not have than they'd love to get rid of those properties. That is another opportunity for you to think out of the box, ha have more meaningful conversations, and take more listings. Yes, and by the way, their phone numbers are easy to find. So let's say you live in Austin, Texas. You can actually hit the magic Google button for hard money lenders, Austin, Texas. Well, you can, but also the better ways to do it is going to be private hard money lenders. That's where you're going to find most of these guys. Point number 12. Point number 12, condo or apartment conversions. There are still new or newer neighborhoods or buildings which have been rentals but are now becoming resales. Some of those are older buildings that are getting rehabbed into condos. There's different varieties of these. But this is an opportunity where you have one contact and multiple listings. Some of those maybe for your buyers, some of them to list for yourself. So point number 13, and you knew it would be on the list, expired listings, one of our favorites. Now, well, these are recent expireds and or older expireds. There's no doubt that expired listings are the single greatest opportunity in real estate right now. Yes. We've, we've done entire podcasts about expireds. We, basically, all of last week, we did a whole week on, pot, uh, on expired listings. Make sure you go and listen to that. Expired listings for the foreseeable future, at least for the rest of this year, maybe, frankly, guys, for years to come, are going to be one of the best places, best ways for all of you to become listing agents. 100%. Do not let that get by you. That's right. Now, in different MLSs have different rules, so make sure you know what yours are. So we're talking about recent expireds. Those are the ones that expired at midnight this morning. Older expireds, 30, 60, 90 days, going out even two or three years. Also, temporarily off the market and withdrawn. So again, different rules, different MLSs, but certainly everybody can be calling and it's totally legal to call recent expired. Now here's the biggest challenge you're going to have is finding the expired information, doing it efficiently. That's the reason that we have partnered with Red X. Red X is without a doubt the leading source for you guys to get expired listing information. Here's how simple it will work. I'll just paint a picture for you. You're going to wake up in the morning. You're going to do your morning routine, have your coffee, walk your dog, meditate, prayer, whatever you're going to do. Then you're going to say, I, because I'm a Tim and Julie Harris coaching client, I know my mission is to set one pre-qualified listing appointment per day. How am I going to do it today? I know I'm going to call some expireds. Then you're going to, because you have a Red X account, you're going to go to your computer. You're going to open up your computer. You're going to go to Red X. You're going to see all the new expireds and you're going to see all their information. You're going to see multiple phone numbers. You're going to see all kinds of information in the prospective listing for you. And then here's the magic of it all. You can actually have Red X call those people for you. No, you're doing the talking, but they're going to dial it for you. It starts dialing. So let's say in your market, there's 50 new expireds. Let's say it's a big area, right? 
There's 50 new expireds that day. You're then going to tell Red X and you're, you know, we tell you, we coach you, we give you, we gave all kinds of advanced um, ideas and how to frankly have the edge when prospecting expireds. We did that last week. Make sure you listen to that podcast. Then you're going to hit the dial button and then you're going to start having direct conversations using our script. And you're going to find almost like magic that it's actually easy to set pre-qualified listing appointments and then move towards taking one listing a day. How about that for yes. your business plan? Not a, not a lot of complexity. There is going to be a lot of psychological moving around of your willingness to do the real work of real estate. But once you get there, guys, you are going to find something that you probably never realized you actually truly wanted, which is a sense of freedom because you will finally be in control. You will not have to wait for somebody to send you a lead. You will not have to wait for somebody to try to you know like your social media posts, you're going to be able to pick up the phone, have direct, meaningful conversations with folks. Text the word RED, R-E-D, to 47372. Text the word RED, R-E-D, like the color RED, to 47372. And when you do, we're going to text you back a link, and it's going to save you 150 bucks joining uh, Red X. Do this urgently. Text the word RED to 47372. You really can't work expireds and the other lead sources they provide for you without having a subscription. So text the word RED to 47372. And when you do that, you're going to instantly save 150 bucks when you sign up. Do that right away. Every single one of you should be doing that if you're even you know, marginally serious about your real estate business. Remember when texting message and data rates may apply. Point number 14. Point number 14, for sale by owners. We lovingly call them unrepresented sellers because that's what they are for sale by owners, especially if they're older than about two weeks on the market and still haven't sold. You know, every for sale by owner that sticks to the sign in their yard and puts their phone number and gets ready for their open house thinks it's going to sell this weekend. And some of them do. That's fine. But the ones who don't, they're not really that thrilled about having to do that weekend after weekend after weekend. And one of the best uh, parts of the script is when you simply ask them, how long have you given yourself to do this on your own? Because they will tell you, I'm going to do it one more weekend, or I've just about had it, or my spouse doesn't want to do it anymore. And then you roll into the rest of the script. There are going to this spring into early summer, there will be a gob of uh, oh, yeah. FISBOs. And here's the thing. I, just remember this. Most for sale by owners are for sale by ownering because they don't know a real estate agent. When you're seeing a for sale by owner, do not think those people are uh, more knowledgeable about real estate than you, have any clue how to sell a house, no. have any sort of deviant plan towards real estate agents, hate real estate agents, have a problem paying commission. Don't build your, you know, the wall of Mickey Mouse up in your head uh, and try to talk yourself out of talking with that FISBO. The reason they're FISBOing is what the FISBO sign actually is. It's a help wanted sign. Yep. It's unrepresented owners. That's what we call for sale by owners. And that's an it's a help wanted sign in their yard. And you're then supposed to be the one that offers them help. Follow our scripted approach. Have the meaningful conversations that are essentially we've already outlined for you when you become a member of Premier Coaching. It's all there. Just copy. Then wash, rinse, repeat. Yes, that's right. And you know, I, I agree with you for sale by owners are often fizzboing because they didn't have an, you know, they didn't know an agent. But there's another level to them, which is they'd expired and nobody called them, or they didn't have great conversations and they decided, well, we'll just try it on our own. In either case, there's a phone number and a help wanted sign in their yard. Okay, so number 15, absentee owners. 
So uh, there's a you can find it at reinvestorlist.com, but there's lots of places to find investor. Well, in I think Red X does this too. I think I think yeah. that's another thing that they do. So you can get the address, make sure that it's not already listed, and connect with the owners to see what their plan is for the property. Well, what is an absentee owner? An absentee owner can be somebody who you know that's their second home, and you know they live in Ohio during the summer, and they live in Florida in the winter, so the house sits vacant while they're not there. That's an absentee owner. It can also be some of the VRBO list will show up on the absentee owners as well. Really, it's where the property tax bill is being sent to a different address. That's really the yeah, hack that's for how it. Sort it out. That's how people, real generally speaking, know what the absentee owners are. A lot of you are going to live in areas where it's just awash with absentee owners. Mm -hmm. If you're in some of the, you know, Phoenix is full of it, for example. Well, I mean, Phoenix and there's Palm Desert and there's Palm Springs and then there's a lot of Florida. Exactly. Places. And you'll find again, when you contact those people, they don't know what's going on in the local real estate markets. They don't know how much equity they have in that property. And heck to the yes, they'd be interested in selling that thing. After all, they thought they'd be using it six months of the year. It turns out they're only using it two months of the year. And the damn HOA just raised the fees. You guys get the point? <laughs> right. Another case of they probably don't know what it's worth in today's market. Exactly. Okay. One more. I think we Yeah. Have point number 16. Okay, kind of like that, uh, a little different. 16 vacation rentals, these are VRBOs, that stands for vacation rental by owner, also homeaway.com. Uh, look at the rental history and pursue property owners who own homes in the areas your your buyers want and see if they would consider selling. Their phone numbers and email addresses are almost always listed online. It will literally say in the little corner, contact owner. Many of the vacation rentals are experiencing new rules which now limit their rental options thus reducing their profitability. Also, they have an epic amount of competition that wasn't true two or three years ago. So I'll tell you guys about a conversation we just had with one of our neighbors here in Puerto Rico. And they have a VRBO that Julie and I rent every year when we yes. go out to a car week in, on the Monterey Peninsula. And they paid, I'll give you guys the real numbers. Um, they paid, what, $2.3 million for I it? I believe that's right. Which yeah. is a lot of money for a VRBO, if you ask me. But there you go. Um, and so I was asking for the numbers on it. They pay cash for it, $2.3 million. Um, and even paying cash, even with this thing being rented out a lot of the time, they are not making any money between the short-term, uh, the essentially paying the rental man manager and the cleanup crews and the rest of it. They are only hoping, their only hope to make this a profitable venture is going to be the appreciation on the property. Which probably will happen. I mean, they're probably going to be right as rain in it. But the moral of the story is they didn't go into it thinking that's all they were going to make from it. And I would venture a guess that if someone were to suggest to them that they can sell it now and make a significant amount of money. Which they could. I would be shocked if they wouldn't sell it. But no one's making that phone call. Oh, some of you guys are thinking, well, we'll just mail people. We'll just mm -hmm. mail them letters. That's a start. I'm not going to say don't do it. But definitely the phone call is going to be more impactful. And when you do that, you're going to have private, you're going to have conversations with people that they're not expecting. It's not like, for example, if you have, um, you know, sometimes sellers are just a little overwhelmed. Like sometimes you're going to run into expireds and the expired, let's say, for example, didn't even know their listing was going to expire. You, you can call us an expired listing and, this, and you are one of the, or if not the first agent to contact them that day. You'll be shocked how frequently they didn't even know that the listing expired because mm -hmm. their previous listing agent abandoned them a long damn time ago. So they didn't even realize it expired. And so if you're the first one to call them, they're appreciative and they're actually very nice and you're going to send an appointment. If you're the 20th to call them in some markets like, you know, San Diego, frankly, there are a lot of over-the-phone prospectors that are good. Well, if you're anything past maybe the third or fourth call, those people are probably not going to be as nice to you as, say, had you called uh, the first time. Unlike VRBOs, 
who weren't expecting the call in the first place. True. And those people are going to be actually very interested to what you have to say. After all, this was an investment property. And with VRBO and HomeAway and all these other sources, you can get their phone numbers. You can actually go into the rental port of uh, the uh, VRBO and HomeAway, and you can see how frequently the damn thing's rented. You can do your own homework to know whether this is actually working out for them as an investment. Yeah, you can even do, it's kind of like a uh, short-term CMA. You can see what their rent compares to other competition, and maybe that's because they're trying to get too much for it and it's never renting out. There's all kinds of strategies to this. And, you know, you're going to hit a certain percentage of them on the day where they had a big bill from the turnover from the previous tenant that didn't take care of it. You know, houses go through a lot of maintenance cycle when they're short-term rentals. For sure. So, you know, I, I mean, I know you used our next-door neighbor, Susan, as an example. I, she tells me how much the utilities are just to keep it running when it's vacant, you know? Yeah. you got to have a bug guy. You've got to have, you know, all your utilities done. you got to pay the trash bill, all of these things. So all you have to do is hit the person on the right day where they're ready to break up with the property. <laughs> think about when the right day would be. Let's say towards the end of the month when they're paying bills. I'm yes. going to guess that's going to be the right day. Exactly. So listen, guys, remember the arrangement we have from yesterday. We appreciate you loving this podcast. A lot of you are building your careers around this podcast. You're building momentum or you're rebuilding your careers and rebuilding your momentum. Thank us, please, by giving us a five-star review on iTunes with a comment saying why you specifically listen to us every single day. This is the number one listen to daily podcast for real estate professionals in at least the United States. Millions and millions of you download and listen to this podcast on a regular basis. Please help the world know why this podcast means so much to you by giving us a five-star review and then also giving us a pithy comment, some reason why you like the podcast or something you learned, something that's going to motivate other people to hopefully listen. That's your way of saying thank you. And, uh, you know, frankly, we're going to continue doing this podcast till the cows come home because we love the effect it's having on all of your lives. So please give back by giving us a five-star review on iTunes. In the meantime, you guys have a great day. We'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.